Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Jolly, and I am excited about having another opportunity to share some ideas with you to help you to grow and go to the next level. And as always, we give God the glory for another opportunity that he has given us. He's given us life and we give him glory for it. But he also has given us a mind to think and a spirit to share and a, a willingness to make a difference. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here today and share some ideas with you. And I'm grateful for you, all of you who listen every week. Some of you listen religiously. I get emails from you say, this is a part of your week's activity. You don't miss it. And others of you are new. Well, I'm grateful to have you. Thankful that you're here. Stay tuned to this whole hour because my guest is going to inspire, empower, encourage, and uplift you. I bring the, I bring the best and the brightest in the world who are Part of my network. I am so grateful that I have a network where I can pick up a phone and call the best and the brightest in the world and say, I just, I'd like to have you on my show. And they are always so gracious to take time out to, to be on and spend time. And, and let me tell you, their hourly fee is very, very expensive, but they spend time and that's the power of the network. Well, the day's guest is another of the power players, a superstar uh, uh, in the journalism field, published author, superstar as well. You know her from her columns. Her column in the Washington Post, The Color of Money. But it also appears, appears in more than 100 newspapers across the country. So wherever you are in America right now, you probably can get her column in your newspaper. She's the author of numerous books. She's appeared on Oprah, The Today Show, The Early Show, The View, Meet the Press, CNN, MSNBC, Nightline, Tavis Smiley, NPR, Diane Reem Show, Tom Joyner, Yolanda Adams, and now she's on the Willie Jolly Show. Praise the Lord. And she is an author of a new book, and I'm telling you, this book is powerful. A new book called The Power to Prosper, 21 Days to Financial Freedom. And she did a seminar, well, it really was a Bible study, at my church, which happens to be her church, we both go to the same church. I don't know if we go to the same service because I'm not an early bird. She might be. But anyway, uh, 
We go to the same church. She has done Bible study the last few weeks. It was so profound. I watched it the other night because I was doing, uh, you know, I'm on a book tour. My new book turned setbacks into greenbacks. And I hope you all have gotten a copy of the book. And it's going on the bestsellers list. And I'm very grateful. So if you don't have a copy, get a copy, read it and share it with your friends and family members. But she, I was unable because of my book tour to be there in person, but I watched it online. Wow. It was fabulous. It was incredible. It was powerful. And I called her and said, would you please share what you shared with the folks at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden? Would you share it with the folks across America? And she was so kind to say, yes, she would. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, Michelle Singletary. Hey, darling, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, you know, I'm just honored to have you. You are so fantastic, and you were just incredible at First Baptist. I mean, you just were incredible. You started a program at First Baptist Church called Prosperity Partners. Right, Right. Am I right? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And a prosperity positive ministry. Mm-hmm. ministry to help people who are struggling with finances. And it was amazing to find how many people are struggling. People who make a lot of money, but also have a lot of debt. And some people make a lot of money and can't live on what they make, have no savings. And you said, this is not good. But Unfortunately, most people go to school to learn how to do a discipline, but do not learn how to have financial literacy. And they don't know how to handle their money. And I've got family members. If you gave them a million dollars, they'd spend a million and a half. They don't understand it. And you did a tremendous job. So I'm going to help the listeners today with your help. And we're going to help them to go through this book. And also, I'm encouraging everybody to get a copy and, and read it. It's 21 days. And my wife and I are doing it. And we have been on a financial fast with everybody at the church. And uh, I have not used my credit card, Miss Michelle, for th- for 21, well, almost 21 days. I'm glad. I hope you'd be proud of me. I am proud of you. Wow, that's amazing. I've been using cash wherever I go, and uh, it has been great. And if I don't, if I can't buy it with cash, I don't buy it. And I say this, I don't need it. Now, I, I am one of the ones who you don't really have to worry about because I'm as I'm as frugal or more so than you are. <laughs> and my wife called me the cheapest man on the planet. <laughs> but, but. I have learned from you, even in this, that there are things that I can do even more uh, uh, strategically. That's the right word, strategically. I can be more strategic about my spending and about how we uh, prepare for prosperity. So let's go through the book. And folks, uh, thank you, Michelle, for being on again. And let's just start with, you know, you you, you can tell us a little overview about the book and what, what got you into it. Well, the book is, it was born out of, the, as you say, the ministry I have at the church. And so essentially the ministry, um, we match people who are good with their money, not perfect, not financial advisors necessarily, but just people who know how to save, maybe have been through some issues with their finances, have come out and done well, you know, gotten rid of debt. And we match them with people who have financial challenges, anywhere from people who are deeply in debt to people who just want to learn how to budget better. And then we meet once a month, and we do workshops on different issues. And so as a result of that, I just started a way to kind of get people focused on how they spend their money, develop this 21-day financial fast. So for 21 days, much like traditional fasts, you're going to cut some stuff out. And so in this case, you're going to not spend on anything that is not a necessity for 21 days. So that's pretty limited, food, medicine, gas, and so forth. Uh, and then you can't use credit cards for 21 days or, in many cases, debit cards because debit cards are not the same as cash. People often with debit cards, even those who don't have credit card debt, just swipe and end up spending, overspending what's in their account and get hit with these overdraft fees. So if that's your issue, you know, I encourage people to not use their debit cards. And so join every day in the book, there's a different topic that I cover. So it's not just about... Um, curtailing your spending on credit, but to just focus on how you use your money and for what purpose. Because this fast is not about helping you get more stuff. People are pretty good at that. They already know how to get stuff. It's more about trying to get you to use your money in a way that really matters to you, to your family, to your community. Wow. That's exactly right. And and it is very much a challenge because uh, many people, 
are upside down, upside down in their finances. And I have some friends. I have one who particularly comes to mind who uh, is upside down in his finances and he can't get past it. And so I am trying to help uh, help those who want to prosper and prosperity. You know, I heard Bob Johnson say something one time I'll never forget. And many people uh, don't understand this, but Michelle has has hit it on the head with this. They asked Bob Johnson, who's a billionaire. They said, Bob Johnson, how to, what's the secret to, to creating wealth? He said, let me tell you what the secret is to creating wealth. Spend less than you make. Right. He said, that's, I mean, that's the first. He said, I know people who work at the postal service who don't make anywhere near what I make, but they are wealthy because they have spent less than they make and invested the difference or put the difference in saving or some way that they can get an asset rather than a liability. He said, that's the secret. That's all I got to say. And he walked away. And folks, that's it. So we're going to go through the chapters. Uh, I'll kind of start at one of the chapters and you can just kind of go from there, um, Michelle, because this is so good. I'm going to start with the evils of entitlement. Oh, my goodness. That's one of my favorite chapters. And when we actually meet in our group, it's a 10-month program, one of the first sessions that we start on is entitlement. The very first is we do budgeting, but right after that, on the heels of that, is the evils of entitlement. And basically, you know, the book is structured so that every day starts off with a scripture. So this is definitely a biblically-based book. I need to tell people that because some people are like, there's Bible stuff in this book. (laughs) You know, they get so shocked and offended. Um, and, you know, if that's not your cup of tea, fine. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, I've heard from people of other religions who still found it very useful. Um, but I find that there's lots of inspiration in Scripture. You know, I'm not trying to bring you to Jesus in this book, but if you come, that's good. It's all right with but me. It's all right with me. <laughs> yeah. But the whole point is not to, to belittle whatever religion you are, but to, to show you some wisdom in this book called the Bible. Without a question of a doubt, because it is a terrific way to, for people to understand that our, our success, my books are all written on Bible principles. All my books, it uh, only takes a minute to change your life. Setback and set up for a comeback. Uh, Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul. And the new book, Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks. All built on Bible principles because the Bible is the greatest success book I've ever read. Right. And so you don't have to be a believer. I tell people every week, you don't have to believe like I believe. Just learn from the principles we share. I've got Michelle Singletary on. She is the author of the book, The Power to Prosper, 21 Days to Financial Freedom. And we're going to talk about these points and and issues step by step so we can help you right now wherever you are to turn your setbacks into greenbacks or more importantly to learn how to prosper you're listening to willie jolly and i've got some wealthy ways that will help you grow if you'll stay tuned stay tuned because the best is yet to go Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day.
And we're back. We're pumped up in here. Me and Daryl Green, the great producer, uh, we're pumped up listening to Attitude. And it is all about your attitude. That's music taken from my Money Making Music and Motivation CD. And you can get it on my website. My friend Terry Brock down in Florida said he listens to that song every day to get him pumped up. And I, I don't know uh, a better way to get going than to listen to something that will inspire and encourage and empower you. So listen to that. Go to my website and listen to samples of it. They're actually uh, free on the website or you can buy it and download it into your to your uh, mp3 player we are excited about having a great terrific message with you today on prosperity and this is one of the great uh what's the icons i just have to call her an icon she's an icon in the financial arena she is a uh, syndicated columnist and she is a best-selling author and she is a terrific speaker and she's a good mama and a good wife and she's a good church member because we go to the same church and I'm grateful for her and what she does there. She has a new book, The Power to Prosper, 21 Days to Financial Freedom. My friend, Michelle Singletary. Thank you, Michelle, Michelle, for being with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're just fantastic. Well, the evils of entitlement. We know we were talking about that. And, you know, that 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 says a lot, doesn't it? It's just the e- entitlement. That's you. I'm entitled to it. You know, I, I, I was I'm, I need it. I deserve it. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the thing is, you know, the world is enticing. And there are lots of things that tell us that we need to be dissatisfied with what we have. You turn on a commercial, and every other one is like, you got to buy a new car, you got to get a new dress, this ring, show your love this way. You know, I mean, I, I ran into a young gentleman after one of the Bible studies. He said, Well, how much did you spend on, on an engagement ring? And I said, What you can afford? He said, Oh, so you don't go by like the percentage of your salary and, you know, some crazy stuff. Wow. Because, you know, women expect to have blah, blah, blah. I said, Well, if a woman expects you to buy something that you can't afford, then I think you need another woman. Mm. You know, I mean, and so we're just, enti- we just feel entitled to so much. And the thing is, we can't have it all. Even the richest person in the world can't have it all because even they or he are limited to the income that they have. And and so this thing of entitlement just grabs hold of folks and it just strangles them. I mean, you know, if you have a ton of credit card debt or student loan debt, then you don't get to buy a new car. You buy a hoopty that you drive until they push you off the road until you get rid of this other debt. But we want it all and we want it all now and we want it all now on credit. Wow. You know, uh, you, 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 you brought out a piece in the book that uh, my wife and I were talking about, and that is that you, during your Prosperity Partners uh, program, there was a young lady there who had um, decided to, I, I'm entitled to take my mama on a, on a vacation. Right. And I'm really, I've worked hard and, and I, I've really worked hard and I, I'm entitled. And so she saved up her money or something to the effect that she had like the, the money to, to take this vacation or uh, to take this uh, cruise. And you asked her a simple question. Right. <laughs> I, I, it did, I don't even know why after she was telling this wonderful story about how she had saved up for this vacation. I think it was about $2,500. And I said, that's great. Well, how much debt do you have? And she just sort of paused and looked at me like, well, what's that got to do with it? I saved, I spent cash on the trip. And so it turns out she had $8,000 in credit card debt. And I said, well, why don't you put that $2,500 on that 8000 to reduce the amount of debt you have and get out of debt as quickly as possible? And all she kept focusing on was what I saved for the vacation. I said, but you are in debt, $8,000, you know, on your credit card. And the way you're supposed to use a credit card, the best way is, if you're going to use it, is to charge and pay it off the next month. And so she, you know, she was arguing with me, and people were a little ticked off that I was, you know, seemingly berating her. But what I was just saying is that, you know, this debt that we carry, this bondage, you know, we are not entitled to all the vacations and things like that until you get rid of it. And then when you go on that vacation and come back, oh, how free you will be. Um, And I think finally she saw what I was trying to say. You know, and, you know, Scripture says, you know, get out of debt as soon as you can so that you are not a slave. As long as you have debt, even your mortgage debt, you are beholden to someone else. You have a master. You know, I thought it was profound when you did the calculations of the people who were in the sanctuary and the amount of debt 
beyond not housing debt. Let's take the house away. And the amount of debt people had, it was uh, it was mind-boggling when you gave the number. Yeah, I I was shocked. I never dreamed it would be that much. Never in a million years would I have dreamed that it was as much as it was. There was about 1,800 people in attendance. And I asked all of them to write down the amount of debt they had on a credit card. No names, just how much you debt, what the debt was, and how much it was. And it turned out to be 61.8 million dollars. <laughs> And that does not include mortgage debt. So it was credit. It was mostly credit card debt and student loan debt. Mm. I would say about half and half, uh, and then other debts like a little, you know, taxes and and um, someone had twelve thousand dollars in parking tickets, things like that. But the bulk of it was credit card debt and student loan debt, and actually more credit card debt than student loan debt. And it was startling, startling. Just eighteen hundred people, sixty-one point eight million consumer debt. So this is debt that can, that you could avoid. Now, many people say, well, you can't, you know, avoid student loan debt. And I, I, I don't believe that that's true. I think we have bought into this idea that we are supposed to have thousands and thousands of student loan debt because it's going to pay off in the end. Well, some folks, or many people, it's not paying off. You know, yes, you get, you know, you get a good education, but you're saddled with this debt for decades. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for college education. I have two degrees, so I certainly am not saying don't go to college. I'm just saying we might need to go to college a little differently. Might maybe have to stay in state and live at home and settle on campus, you know, um, and and just not be. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I hear from who are just burdened by student loan debt. I mean, so much so that it's causing them to be ill. Yes, and that's amazing. And this whole credit card issue, and it starts so early, and that is why I made a point. My son, when he went to college, uh, that he would not have a credit card. And that even in he's now finishing law school in May, praise the Lord. Uh, he doesn't have a credit card now unless I give him something to use when he travels. That I say, this is my credit card. Use it only in emergencies while you're in Japan or wherever. But bring it back. And when you get it back, you've got to pay it off. And, right. uh, and we pay our credit cards every month. I started that years ago right. after I got beat up long enough. And every month I see it now is not as a credit card, but as a charge card. Right. I, right. Rather than me carrying cash, I will take it. But every month I pay off the full balance. Right. And I'm encouraging people to get in that habit. It's hard. Let me tell you, everything Michelle says is hard. We we know it's hard. It's difficult. It's painful. But she was absolutely right that you'll sleep better and you'll have less anxiety because 60. When you said that number, Daryl, my producer, he, he, he turned around. You should have seen his face. He couldn't believe it. And that is why we have that. OK, let's go to another piece here. You've got uh uh. I'm going to jump around. The, well, we've talked about the devil is in the debt. <laughs> we just talked about that for all intents and purposes. But the curse of credit. Right, right. You know, this thing, this credit card thing, this, this um, you know, and I, and I always sort of used to joke that credit is evil. And people would laugh and go, ha, 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 and they go, it's not really evil. And, you know, you look up the definition of evil, and the old French definition is exceeding due limits. And so that's what many people are doing. They're exceeding their limitations. Um, by using credit. And so um, I love this, this scripture from Proverbs 22.3 that says, the prudency danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. And aren't so many credit card people paying the penalty because they just didn't see the danger and kept swiping and swiping. And I, and I liken credit cards to when you go to Las Vegas. You know, I, I haven't been to Las Vegas very often, just a couple times. But I, and I'm not a gambler, so when I walk through the casinos, I'm just sightseeing. Because I, I just, I don't even like to put money in a gumball machine because I'm afraid the gumballs are going to come down. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just not a gambler. And so, but you hear all these, screech, you know, people screeching and screaming and, and, and cheering, and you think, oh, there's so many winners in here. But really, when you look at the statistics, very few people win when they gamble. Very few. So there's this illusion that we all can be winners. Uh, and, 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 but the fact of the matter is that we can't. Most people cannot wisely use credit. And credit is just like the chips that they use in the casinos. When, you know, and I thought about it. Why do they use chips instead of money? They use chips because if you had to use money, people would gamble less. Mm. Because they, there's something about, you know, if you're playing a card table and you're handing them over $100 bills, yep. you're like, okay, that's it for me. But if you're using these chips that have no relations at that moment to a dollar figure, 
you overspend. And it's the same thing with a credit card. It, without the cash in hand, it doesn't feel like it's real money. It certainly does. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and this is a big point, folks. And this will help you to really grow. Get this book. Y'all stay tuned. We got my friend Michelle Singletary on. Wonderful icon in the financial field. She's going to share with you how you can overcome your financial challenges and move on to prosperity. You're listening to Willie Jolly. And for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. And for years, I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. kicking you got to keep striving you got to keep fighting you got to keep giving your best don't give up don't give up because you're in a tough situation don't give up because you've lost your job or you've lost your home or you lost your savings don't give up whatever you do don't give up the reason i wrote the book turn setbacks into greenbacks really that title is just to get your attention the reason i wrote it was to tell you that if you've lost some savings your your house your finances do not jump off a bridge do not take a gun and shoot your brains out. Do not do anything that's drastic. This too shall pass. That young man out in California lost his job, and the only thing he could think to do was go home and shoot his wife and his five babies. That broke my heart. And I said, I got to do something. So started writing the book and started pitching it to publishers. And, and one said, I want that book, and, and we'll do it quickly. I said, I just got to get it out quick because I don't want any more of these kind of stories. So I'm encouraging you to buy Michelle Singletary's book. It will give you a framework for getting out of this debt that overwhelms people, that just is such a heavy burden, that it is a powerful, powerful book. Uh, Daryl Green, my front producer, he just uh, offline uh, said, you know what, can Michelle talk about this problem? Spending, and not so much just what you spend, but how what you spend it on or how much you spend, but what you spend it on. In other words, the, the, the places you go, the people you spend it on going out to be sociable and you get overwhelmed. And before you know it, you, you've spent a whole lot of money, $200 meals and things like that. You know, it happens. Michelle, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, this is a real problem, especially for younger folks, because, you know, you come out and you don't have lots, in many cases, the same burdens as people who are married with children. And so you sort of think, you know, once you pay your rent and gas and a couple other things, that everything else is, is usable, that you can just go out with your friends and, you know, to happy hour and different things, and you just, it's nothing to plot down $50, $60. But what, we're, what they're finding 
is that they're overspending what they can. Um, in, in the book, there's this chapter called Financial Fornication, which is a bit controversial. Ouch! So <laughs> Go ahead. Hit him with it. it I heard it, you talk about yeah, that. Go ahead. Hit like, him. I just stepped on so many toes. I asked permission, but I stepped on them nonetheless. And essentially, you know, the way folks date today, it's like they're married. I mean, you know, I hear cases of, of men and women paying each other's bills while they're dating. And, and, and co-signing on cards. And then just, I mean, just the kinds of gifts that they give each other for someone who's not even your wife or your husband is just shocking to me. You know, you know, I dated my husband for eight years, and I don't know, I think a tootsie roll between us. I mean, you know, I mean, you know we just we weren't lavishing each other with, with, with gifts and rings and jewelry and all kinds of expensive things. Because my husband's like, you are not my wife. And he says, and if I do this now, you know, if I shoot for the moon now, where do you go from there? And uh, so, you know, we, we never paid any each other's bills. He never paid to get my hair done or pay my car note or anything while we were dating. Um, and, and, and couples date like they are married. And, and young folks spend crazy amounts of money. You know, take, I mean, I, I, I got in trouble because I did this column about kids taking spring breaks. All these kids with thousands of dollars in student loans, and they are taking spring breaks? I mean, that is just ridiculous to me. You know, that 1500 or 2000 or whatever you spend on that spring break, you put it in the bank, pay for your books the next semester, that's less debt that you have to accumulate while you're in school. And yet, you know, the thing is we just spend because we want it, and, and we want it now, um, and, and, and you don't want to wait. And then I tell people, I'm not talking about living like a miser, but, you know, you have seasons in your life when you can do the things that you really want with extra money, and people, they don't want to hear it. Well, let's, there's another piece to go with that, okay? And that goes with friends and families, family members. And, and here's the big one, co-signing. I know you got co- oh, oh, my goodness. Come on. Oh, go, goodness. Come, come on. You know, I mean, <laughs> on day 14 of the book, I call it the stupidity of surety. And I know, you know, it's interesting. In my household, the word stupid is like a cuss word. So you are not allowed to call anybody stupid, but I just couldn't think of a better word to describe how this whole concept of surety it was what the, it says in Scripture, but it's basically co-signing. And the problem is most people don't understand what it means to co-sign. When you co-sign, you're not the backup borrower. You are the main borrower with the other person. So if they don't pay, even after the first payment, you are responsible fully for this debt. You each are responsible at 100% for the debt, not even 50%. Like, so if you've got, you co-sign for a $10,000 loan, you might think, well, I'm only responsible for 5000 No, you're responsible for the entire $10,000. And so I met this aunt at, at, uh, at one of the book at my book signing at the church recently. She said, well, you know, I was going to co-sign on a student loan for my nephew. And I said, oh, no, you know, you should not co-sign for anyone who's not your spouse. Um, and I know people give me lots of pushback on that because parents co-sign for the kids to get cars and credit cards and things like that. But there's so much that could go wrong with this. So much that could go wrong. And so many credit histories have been ruined by people trying to help someone out. You know, when I was growing up, my grandmother, I was like, you know, if you can imagine, I was just like the perfect little student and granddaughter. I mean, I went to school on a scholarship and got, you know, great grades and just never did anything that I wasn't supposed to. Um, and I got out, got a job right away at the local paper, you know, was a saver. I mean, my grandmother knew I was good with money, and I wanted to get a car to get to work. And I hadn't any credit history, and so they said, you need a co-signer. So I innocently asked my grandmother, and like about four or five hours later, after she stopped yelling, she said, you need to catch the bus until you can afford it. Because her thing was, if the bank doesn't think you're ready and they have more money than me to cover this loan if you can't, then how am I going to cover it if you can't? And I did. I caught the bus for about six months until I could save to buy my own car until I could build up a history to buy my own car. And I did. And I still got a good rate, and I still got a good deal. And I just, it's, uh, it's such a danger to co-sign, and especially to people you're not married to. I mean, I get so many letters from people, women and men, who co-signed, you know, on cars and houses. This young woman co-signed for a house with her boyfriend. They moved in, split up. He wouldn't pay the note. He just refused to. So she had to move out. She was paying rent and part of the house note where he was still living with, I think, another woman. I mean, just, you know, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. You know, this is a tough one, folks, because it happens so much. 
parents, family members, I need your favor. Okay. I need you to co-sign with me. I don't have the credit. And they come with a sob story. And, and, and you all know that if it hadn't been for somebody helping you when you were young, you would not be where you are. And you say, okay, I ha- so-and-so, Ani helped me or so-and-so helped me. Well, I will help them. And, and I'm going to give, I want, I want to talk about two solutions. First, to the issue Daryl brought up, uh, one of the things I've told my son to do is put an envelope in the beginning of the uh, month with cash in it. This is my cash, spending cash for this month. When I go out to sociable events, dinners and so forth. This is all I got to work with. Now I can spend it on one event or I can spread it over 10 events, but this is all I got to work with. And when it's over, it's over. That's that, that's an option. So you won't be so apt to pull out a credit card and slap it down every, every weekend. Before you know it, you got this incredible debt uh, for, for food. And my wife says food that there's not going to even be with you for long. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the second one though, is this co-signing because we've had to have that conversation. My daughter called and said, could you co-sign on a car? And 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 she said, you love me, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. And I said, I'm not co-signing with you or anybody else because wow. it's just bad business. Right. It's bad business. I would rather loan you the money, right. loan you the money if I had to, right. and you pay me back. But co-signing is a, and I like your grandma. I think everybody should take your grandmother's quote, put it up in their, in their book. And when somebody comes up and says co-signing, that should be the perfect quote. Look, if the banks don't think you got enough, what was it? Give that quote again. Cause that was a great quote. She said that, let me see if I can find it in the book while I'm flipping through it. She said, if I, if, if, if the bank, which has more money than I do, doesn't think that you are good credit risk, meaning that they aren't going to get their money back, then why should I co-sign when I have less money and resources than the bank does? So the bank has, you know, they're spreading their risk over a whole bunch of people. If you default, they're going to fairly be okay. So they don't think that that's a good idea. Why should I put myself on the line and I have less money than the bank? And it makes it is perfectly, perfect sense. perfect sense. That's the best quote I've ever heard to say to people that, so that you're not, you know, that takes you out of the middle. It doesn't make you a bad guy. It says if the bank, which has more money than I do, don't think you are ready, you're a good credit risk, then why should I give you money now? That's not a good idea. So I think that's profound. Folks, again, the book, The Power of Prosperity, 21 Days to Financial Freedom. we got Michelle Singletary on. We've got another segment. And, and, and this is, you know, these great interviews always go so fast. And before I can get to all this stuff I've marked and earmarked and, 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 and penciled in, I can't. But I, y'all can get the book. We're going to talk a little bit about tithing. We're going to talk a little bit about budgeting when we come back and how you can turn your financial situation around if you are upside down and you're in trouble. Michelle Singletary, you can, oh, there's a place you can go online, Michelle, to to get your forms and stuff. We're going to, right? That's right. All right, we're going to talk about that. Hang on, folks, because we'll be right back. We've got more to come. You're listening to Willie Jolly here, the Wealthy Ways Network, and I'm saying for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. 
And so I went and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. All right, you're listening to Willie Jolly Show and the Wealthy Ways Network, and I'm excited about having this opportunity. Again, my new book is out. I want you to go get a copy. Turn setbacks into greenbacks. Go get a couple copies at your local bookstore, wherever you are in America, uh, Borders, Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, or Amazon, uh, or you can go to my website, williejolly.com, and get an autographed copy. Now, got Michelle Singletary on. And she has she has so much wisdom on uh, just it's, some of it just so common sense. But, you know, someone wrote common sense is not a common thing. And, and many people are upside down, making a lot of money, well paid and have no savings. And, Michelle, you've got to talk about that, getting people to a mindset of a formula. I have a formula in my my life. And I'm going to tell everybody my formula. I think if you listen to me regularly, you know my formula. But I want, I'll say it and then Michelle can just kind of dissect it. If I get $100, the first $10, I'm tithing. If I find a dollar, the first dollar, 10 cent, I'm tithing. Anything I can break into a tenth, I'm tithing it. That's right off the top. The second 10%, I'm saving it. Now, of that 80% that's left, I take 80%. I cut it in half and I pay my bills with half of it and I put half of it away for a rainy day. And of that, that put a half away, I'm putting some of that in an investment account, a money market fund, something I can invest. And if I need to be able to get to it, I can get to it, but I invest it. And so, but I've, those are my formula. I teach my kids, here's what you do. 10% tithe, 10% save. And, and really, if you can do 10% invest, great. And then you can live on 70%. But at least 10% tithe and 10% save. And, the, and then at that 80% split in half, pay your bills, and the other half you put away for a rainy day. Uh, Michelle, go through that and talk about why it's important to tithe and why it's important to save and how you can get on top of your finances and turn this around. You know, I'm glad you said that because it's, it's much similar than how I, it's, it's very similar to how I break up my money. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't always, I wasn't a lifelong tither, and it really wasn't until I had started attending um, First Baptist that I, I really started to understand the importance of tithing. Um, because, you know, you can talk about the biblical principles, but the fact of the matter is, what you're doing with the first 10% of your money is giving it away. You're being generous with what you have. And I just think, that comes back to you in all kinds of ways. It's not a tit for tat, but when you spend the first part of what you get giving, it puts you into a different kind of mode, really, because you're saying this is not all about me. This whole thing that I'm doing, working and getting money, it's not just about me. It's about giving back and helping because tithes are used at your local church um, to give back to the community, to fund salaries for people who work to help 
people. And that's how I look at it. And then, you know, the next 10%, you're saying, okay, listen, if I wait till after I pay all my bills and all the things that I want, there's not going to be anything left. So let me get into another position of saving what I have. And then what, and then you end up with 80 or 70% to live off of. That means automatically you are living below your means. And that puts you in a position of making some better choices about your life. Because we spend 100% to 110% of what we make, there's no thought to how am I going to use this income to advance myself and my community going forward. And so I've always lived on less than what I make. You know, my husband and I, whenever we get raises, we start putting it away right away in different pots. And it just makes you a better steward over your money. And it takes away from you just focusing on getting what you want. Uh, and then when you do that, when you give back and you're generous, I tell you, the, the, the thing that you give back in return is so great, knowing that you're helping other people. Uh, and if more people did that with their salary, they would have more. They would. And I know that there are people who might be listening who are living paycheck to paycheck and are you know, living maybe even below the poverty line. We're not really talking about those folks. But if you are earning a decent living and you're married and you've got two incomes, you can absolutely make better decisions about your money, starting with giving first. Giving first. Now, I have four goals, and I've said them to people who listen all the time. First goal is my giving goal. I set a giving goal every year what I'm going to give to my church, what I'm going to give to charity, what I'm going to give to the groups. Because I found as you give, so shall it be given unto you. And, and it's true that, you, that, that the good farmer doesn't plant all of the corn seeds. He holds back some to be the giving seed for the next year's crop. Right. If you eat all of the corn and all of the seeds, you'll starve. Right. So give. Then what I have to get so I can give. So what I got to create, what can I generate? Then what must I do so I can get so I can give? And then what must I be? What must I grow myself to? What learning must I do? What skill sets must I develop? What, what things how do I stretch? So what must I be so I can do, so I can get, so I can give? And Michelle has said this so wonderfully in the book. In these 21 days, when you give up the paying the credit card, we get so credit card uh, happy. And then, well, I pay a portion of it next uh, the end of the month and, and I'll just I'll do the rest and then something else comes up oh that's a pretty dress and before you know it it's bad it's like the you used a great analogy to what we saw on the commercial with the guy who says I got the, I have the beautiful house I have the beautiful car I got the country club and then as he's he's riding around he says I'm, I'm up to uh, my eyeballs in debt that's right he said he basically saying it was a commercial that many people remember he says hi I'm Stanley and he goes through all the stuff that he has and towards the and he's like, I can do all this because I'm up to dead in my eyeballs. And then it ends with him saying, somebody help me. Right. So he has it all, but he doesn't really have it. Right. And he has it with a lot of stress and, you know, stress on him and his probably his marriage, his children. Uh, and, and, and what you are talking about in having these different goals is to just be mindful of how you spend. Be mindful of your money. You, you, know, I, you know, I do what I love to do. But, you know, my daughter wants to be an educator. She wants to be a teacher. And when most people say they want to be a teacher, the first thing people out of their mouth is, mm, you're not going to get rich being a teacher. And then I think, what a shame that that is the response to a career that has, you know, influenced so many people. I mean, I know the people who I consider the biggest role models in my life have been educators, people right. who took, you know, to put some knowledge into me. Right. And so, you know, is she going to get rich? No, she's not going to probably get rich being a teacher, but she could be if she handled her money well. That's right. So what they're looking at rich is, you know, six-figure salaries, big car, big house, and things like that. I look at rich as financial peace. And can my child have financial peace as a teacher? She most certainly can. She can't do everything. She's not going to be able to take a vacation to Bahamas every year probably or have some, you know, $40,000, $50,000 car, but she'll have a decent car that gets her from point A to point B. She can live in a really nice house. She, you know, I mean, there, it's how you're defining it. And But the most important thing is she's going to be doing something that she loves and fulfills her, and that is worth more than anything she can get being something else earning three or four times of that. Well, we got a minute left. You know, the good interviews go for so fast. You have a place on your website to help people with budgets and where they can get more information. Please share that with folks. Yeah, in the 
the book, there are different templates. There are some budget templates. There's a spending journal template. Um, and you can find those by going to www.washingtonpost.com. So once you're on the Washington Post website, all you need to do is type in the power to prosper. It will take you to a page dedicated to the book and other things that I do at the Post. And those um, downloads are free. You don't have to buy the book to download it. The book will help you explain how to use them. Uh, but you're certainly welcome to go and, and, and look at the information. That is incredible. Where can they get the book, um, Michelle? You know, it's available in all the major bookstores, Borders, Barnes & Noble. Amazon has it on sale now for about $10. In fact, we issued the book in paperback on purpose because normally hardback books are, you know, 25 to $30. Right. And we issued this in paperback, um, so it's about $15, and it's on sale at a couple stores because we wanted to keep it affordable. Because we thought in the spirit of this book, we wanted people to not look at the price as a barrier for the information. Wow, that's incredible. And it is a great book, folks. Go get it. It will help you. That's the bottom line. That's why we bring these guests on. They will help you wherever you are in your life. And I know many of you are struggling. I know because you've sent me emails. Say, I'm struggling with my finances. I'm struggling to get on top of them. I'm struggling with credit card. This book is a is a, is a uh, a lifesaver. You know, it's a, somebody throw you a life preserver. Grab it. Get it. Ten bucks. Come on. And, and get a get a couple copies. Get one for your church group. And y'all have a prosperity partners. Contact Michelle Singletary and get information. Maybe she'll come and speak at your church. She's fantastic. And she will bless you. Thank you, Michelle, for oh, being on. Oh, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And, and you know, what you're doing is just wonderful. Well, so I figure I'm just like a tag on. <laughs> are you, you know, we're giving God the glory and I'm thankful for you and you are incredible. Thank you so much. And folks, if you're in the D.C. area, come visit First Baptist Church of Glenarden, where our pastor is the Pastor John Kenneth Jenkins Sr. He would love to have you as a guest, and we would love to have you. Well, thank y'all for being on with me this week. I hope y'all have enjoyed today and, and this uh, week's shows and the guests. We've been blessed tremendously, and know that I've got more stuff to come, so go to my website, willyjolly.com. Sign up for my newsletter, and I'll keep in touch with you. Get me on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. I got a lot of stuff for you. I love you! And I hope to see you soon. Have a great week on purpose. The best is yet to come. You Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going nowhere? Have you maybe come to the conclusion that there's nothing This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.